All right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Who's excited to be here this evening? Praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time. If you weren't here this morning, uh, um, Reverend Dana Nile just delivered an on-fire word for us about grace. You can go back and uh, look at the, uh, the Facebook or YouTube video again and see it all over again, but it was awesome. Today is Palm Sunday, and so we are celebrating that, the day that Jesus rode on into Jerusalem and got ready for the biggest day in history, amen, when he died and then when he rose again. It's, it's an awesome week for us. And we're also uh, excited to let you know that tonight Liz Nile is going to be bringing the word for us. So, yes, they did the women's meeting the other night, and I heard how awesome it was. So tonight's going to be absolutely great too, okay? Let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that America is coming to Jesus and we're going to keep standing in the gap and interceding, amen, until we see some great stuff. So let's go ahead and speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. And you may be seated, all right? Now, Pastor Katie's got some announcements for us because this is a wonderful week, a busy week, and this coming Sunday is the greatest day of the whole year for us. It is Easter Sunday, amen? And I know you're going to invite someone. I already know it, so we're just expecting them. we got plenty of seats available, amen? Awesome. Well, make sure that you get your, your peeps invites. And those of you who are bringing plants to give to the new families, um, if you have signed up for that already, Leah will be getting in contact with you. But make sure that you get your plant and that you write scriptures on it um, that your family and you have stood on and that have made a difference in your life. Make sure you take lots of Easter invites before you leave tonight because there's still a bunch on there. So take them to work. Your kids can take them to school. You can pass them out. Now, parents, you can't pass them out at school, but the kids can pass them out at school. So make sure that they take them as well. Um, the marriage seminar, marriage evening, um, is coming, and there are invites on the back as well. So we have talked a lot about you coming, um, but you also can invite your friends. So make sure that you do that. It is $50 a couple. It is catered, and it is the end of the month, April 29th and 30th. Child care is provided. Praise the Lord. And at the beginning of May, we have the mother-daughter luncheon. So grab an invite. Yes, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, mother-daughter luncheon is 11 a.m. Saturday, May 7th. Um, there is a QR code at the bottom of this little invite here, and you're going to hover over it with your camera, and it will provide you a link at the top of your phone screen, and that will allow you to register and pay for as many people as you want to bring. So make sure that you make yourself available to do that and that you have the day off. That's important. Make sure that you come. If you are a mom of lots of boys, then borrow a girl. 
okay? So find you a churchy friend and don't miss it, okay? Don't miss it. And if you're a daughter and you don't have a mama, then find a mama of lots of boys and come anyway. Yeah? Okay. Um, We talked about it a little bit this morning about an interest night for Victor Valley Christian. These tiny little things are on the info booth, and so make yourself available to grab one of those after service. We're doing an interest night because we had a lot of people ask about different school options, and Victor Valley Christian is interested in how many families are interested in going to school there. And if enough families are interested, they are working out a way to be able to make transportation an opportunity from Barstow as they did years and years ago. So if that is something you or friends of yours or families you knew from Barstow Christian um, would like to do for their children, then Tuesday, uh, April 19th at 7 p.m., we're going to be in the coffee bar and do an interest night and get you some information about that school as well. Anyone with us for the first time or the first time in a long time? Wave at me if you're with us for the very first time. Anyone? Okay. With us for the first time. Well, make yourself available to the info booth if you're with us for the first time and you need some more information about the church. We would love to connect with you and help you be part of the family. Well, it is happy time. Happy time. Praise the Lord. Pastor. That's my lovely daughter-in-law. Amen. She's, she's a keeper, isn't she? She's wonderful. All right, hold up your hands in the envelope for your tithes or your offerings. This is regular church tithes and offerings. And after uh, Miss Liz preaches a little bit, then we will proceed with offerings for their ministry, Ends of the Earth Ministries, which would be a real blessing to them. But I, I, I'm just, as I was praying about what to say, I want to talk about love. And, you know, I'll just quote you a couple verses. But in, in Galatians chapter 4, it says that faith works by love. Faith works by love. And I was looking at 1 Corinthians 13. It says that love endures long and is patient and kind. Not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention, no attention to a suffered long. And I was thinking about a minister years ago who said something that's always stuck with me. He said, if my faith weren't working, the first thing I'd check would be my love walk. How am I treating people? How am I reacting when people don't treat me right? Because we have God's kind of love in our heart. And so we do these faith confessions over our finances, over everything else. And we teach about the blessings of tithing and things like that. So if you're a Christian and you've been talking right and you've been a tither and so on and things still aren't working, then I would go ahead and do a checkup on my love walk. And, you know, I, I, I don't like it sometimes when I get up here and talk because the Holy Ghost has me rat out on myself. And I don't like to do that, but sometimes it helps other people. Uh, Mrs. Pastor and I have been married for 40 years this year, but we've both been married before. And so when we got married, she had two boys, I had two girls. And uh, the oldest one, I wasn't really treating like the rest of them. I just kind of wasn't being really nice like I should have been as a dad. And on my trucking job, I was needing healing for something. I remember, I remember right where I was. We had big scales. We raised, raised semis on. I just got out of a semi walking past, and all of a sudden I heard this. You're not going to receive healing. <laughs> I could have rebuked the devil or recognized I know the voice of the good shepherd. 
And I said, first time you ever, the only time you ever said anything to me like that. I said, why? He said, you're mean to Jason. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. I would snap at him. I wasn't being nice to him. And so I made a 180-degree turnaround, and I think all the years since that I've treated him better than anybody. <clears throat> Go out of my way to bless him because I knew what was going on. I was a serious Christian. And so I'm just asking you how you treat your kids, your stepkids, your mate, other people. And Romans 5, 5 says you've got in your heart God's kind of love. And so uh, one time we was ministering to a lady, and uh, she needed healing. The Lord gave Mrs. Pastor a word of knowledge. It said, it said that she, she, she was holding on. <clears throat> she was holding things against a person and said she had hatred going. And so she said, the Lord says you're having hatred for somebody. And she said, my daughter-in-law murdered my son. And she said, I really, really, really can't forgive her. So she said, well, would you let the Lord through you forgive her by faith then? And she said, yeah. said, I want to, but I just, it hurts. And so we led her through a prayer as she forgave her daughter-in-law for killing her son. And I, I don't know what happened after. I'm sure the lady just needs healing. And so we have to understand there may be people that wronged us. We can't forgive them out of our head. But with our hearts, we by faith can say, just like by faith you say you're healed, by faith you say your needs are met, by faith you say you've got that job looks impossible, well, by faith, if somebody's absolutely stuck a dagger in you, you can say, Jesus, with my head, I'm going to shut it off. But with my heart, Lord, I'm telling you from my heart, I forgive them. And that, that, may, be, that may be the key to you receiving what you believe for through faith. Amen? Amen. That's just the way this works. Faith works by love. And so we have to understand if we want our faith to work, then we have to work our love. Starts with our heart, starts with our mouth. Amen. That's a, that's kind of an offering scripture, isn't it, Dana? <laughs> it works that way. All right. Everybody's got their envelopes, got things ready to go. Well, we're going to stand up, make our financial faith confession, bring our offerings up to the altar of worship, and we'll get turned over to this wonderful Miss Liz Nile. I'll tell you what, she's a Holy Ghost anointed preaching machine, praying machine, and uh, she's her husband's boss. <laughs> Liz, you missed that one. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's make this confession. You ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give ministry to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, come on and join us at the altar. See you
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. King Jesus. Hallelujah. King Jesus. Lord, we bow before you now. We worship you now. We adore you now. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that we come to your throne of grace in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know right now, of all the horrors of the world, all the ugly things, even in our nation and our state, that you're greater, that you're greater. And Lord, you told us in Psalms 91, if we choose to live in the secret place of the Most High, we'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And Lord, you said that with the things going around us, a thousand may fall to our left, ten thousand are right, and not come nigh us. Father, we want to thank you that we know we're at the right place at the right time. Everyone in this church, everyone watching online, that Lord, if we'll stay where you put us to be and do what you told us to do, we know that we're going to rescue a lot of people from Satan's grip. We know we're going to see a lot of people's lives changed because you live it in us. So Lord, just like the song says, you've rescued us and now we're rescuers, Lord. We're going to help them. And we thank you tonight. That we're all, everyone, ones watching online, the ones in the service. We're going to hear from heaven tonight something personal, each and every one of us. You know the number of every hair on our head, so you know who we are. And Lord, what we receive, we'll use this week to take the gospel everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five, a hug, and you can be seated. All right. <clears throat> Mrs. Reverend... Uh, Elizabeth Nile. And you know, a lot of you have experienced the Niles before, and you did Friday night, and you did this morning. And this, 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 this couple's like us, or any other ministry couple that follows Jesus. We flow together. We flow with the Holy Spirit for what He wants to do and what He wants to say. We prepare messages. But because we're led by the Spirit of God, we may deviate and go a different direction. Because somebody may have come in here tonight that wasn't planning on it, and all of a sudden, whoop, God's ready to talk to them. Somebody may have tuned in right there by accident, and they're crying out. They're on their last leg, and all of a sudden, this mighty woman of God starts going a different direction, but somebody is going to be changed. Amen? And so just, just say to me before we let her have it, say, tonight, I'm going to hear from God. I've got to receive from God. I'm going to receive from God. And I've got to share what He gives me. He gives Amen. Me. Let's give a hand up for Elizabeth now, this gift to God this year. Elizabeth, we are ready. Thank you. Thank you. He called me by the name my grandmother called me by, Elizabeth. <laughs> you may be seated. So, it's been such a fun time. My husband and I are very privileged to be here. I have fun Friday night, and we have fun this morning, and we have fun yesterday. We just love your pastors, the pastor samples in, in the row, and their family. They're awesome. Pastor Dave, wherever he's at. You know, they're good people. Good people. Awesome people and awesome ministers of God. That You guys have an awesome church. We're really impressed with you. You're great. You are awesome. Amen. Do you agree with me? Are you awesome? Yes. <laughs> Next week, like we've been talking, is Easter, right? And today is Palm Sunday. How many of you know what happened right before Jesus went, well, a little bit before, 
Jesus went into Jerusalem that final time. How many know? There is a, it happened in John chapter 11. Actually, it's recorded in John chapter 11. It's the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And recently in in my morning time with the Lord, I, I read that story and it hit me like it never has before. And that's where this message came from. You know, I just love the story. It was, uh, Lazarus was dead. Say dead. dead. That, it's over. You know, when somebody's dead, you think it's over. Uh, nothing can be done. But the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life, he showed up and he did something. Amen. He did something and, and the whole situation was changed. Resurrection power. So that's the title of my message tonight. It's Resurrection Power in You. Resurrection Power in You. So uh, we're going to talk about the almighty, life-changing power of God. God's a life changer. He can take things from death to life. God does it all the time. You know, there's a scripture in Romans. You probably know it. Romans chapter 8. And verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. It says, If the Spirit of, of that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, He will also give life. He'll quicken your mortal body by His Spirit who lives in you. Now that quickening comes to us on a continuous basis. When we spend time with the Lord, when we, when we read the Word, it's, a, it's the, the life of God's on the Word. When we spend time in the presence of God, life comes to us. We're, our lives are changed continually because of the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. The resurrection power of God on the inside of us. Because He is life, and He's the giver of life. Amen? He brings dead things to life. And he does it continuously. But, you know, the scripture in Romans 8 is actually talking about, uh, specifically about the ultimate resurrection of our mortal bodies from the dead into our glorious resurrected bodies. It will happen. (laughs) It's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of an arch, of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And then, what's going to happen? We'll be changed. <laughs> in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be raised up and we'll be changed. We'll, we'll put, take off this mortal body and we'll be, be given a glorious, resurrected, immortal body. We'll take off corruption A body that will never have anything wrong with it. Glory be to God. (laughs) And we're going to put on an incorruptible body. So look at your neighbor and say, you look pretty good. (laughs) But say, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Because one day we're going to look at each other and we're going to say, oh, glory. (laughs) You look good. (laughs) We're going to have our glorified bodies. It's going to happen. Resurrection power. Say that, resurrection power. Because he's the giver of life. He's the one that can do it, right? You know, and also, we've already 
Anyone that's been born again has experienced this power, this resurrection power. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you received him as your Savior, you were changed in an instant. You went from being dead to alive. Dead on the inside. You were dead. Now, that's how the world is. Without Christ, they're dead. But we received him and we became alive. We became alive unto God. We can now talk to our Father and know him. What a, that's resurrection power. It was a happening. It was a miracle. And you were that miracle. Amen? Amen. In an instant, everything changed. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the New Living, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The new life that has God's purposes, plans, and provisions in it have begun when you got born again. You were changed. I can testify myself that I remember what my life was before and what it was like after. I was totally changed. I remember what it was like to, to cry out to God to want to change and not knowing how. And then... He took me to a place where I had this revelation of who Jesus was. And I gave my life to him, and resurrection power came into my life. And he changed me. I want you to think about that. I want you to have faith in the power of God. The resurrection power of God that lives on the inside of you. On the inside of you. Where is the Holy Spirit? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead? He lives in you. You know, God, because he couldn't get any closer than he could get, he wanted to be so close to us that he came and he lived on the inside of us. And all that he is and all that he can do is in here. Amen? He's not far away. He's right here. He's right here in us. And if we want a move of God, you know where it's going to happen? So often we're thinking, where's revival happening? Where is it happening? You know what? God wants us to to have a move in us. He wants to do some things on the inside of us. New life. I I, I want to remember that and I want to have faith in that. I believe that God has laid up some things for these days. For the last days. Some things that he's wanting to do. Some things that, that he's laid aside for this time for his people. I believe that we have not seen nothing yet. God has more. He has more. more, You know, can you have more of God? Yeah. More of God, more of his will, more of his plan revealed in us and through us. More of his plan revealed in us and through us. More of who God is revealed through us to, to the lost and dying world. Resurrection power. Say resurrection power. (laughs) God changes everything. He can change things in an instant. And that's what he wants to do. So we don't look, we don't have to look for an outward movement. We, We want to say, God, move in me. Move in me. Move in me, God. See, it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to grow in our knowledge of God and to live a life of constant renewal and revival. So not an outward movement. See, it's important who we are and then who we are collectively. 
I'm going to talk about that later. Who you are makes a difference of who we are collectively. Right? Amen. Amen. So inward movement. And Jesus said in, in John 14, 16, he said, I'll pray the Father and he will send you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. I like that. That is his name, the spirit of truth. Amen. And then John 16, 13 and 14. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He's a speaker. Amen? He speaks to us. And it goes on 14, he will glorify me, he glorifies Jesus and the Father, for he'll take of what is mine and declare it unto you. But I like it that he's the spirit of truth, because this keeps us in the boundaries. It keeps us in the boundaries of the word of truth. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead you outside of the truth. But he wants to speak the truth in you in such a degree that you hear some things that change you. Because when we hear things from him, the spirit of truth, he brings revelation into our heart and new things start happening when we grab a hold. See, he'll guide us. He'll say, this is the path. I want you to walk that way. He'll lead us on the path of life. Don't you like that? When we learn to listen to him, we got to listen to the, the Holy Spirit. we got to listen to him. He will guide us and reveal truth to us and tell us new things. Say new things. New things to come. Isaiah 42, 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. A new thing I declare. Before they spring forth, he's going to tell. I said, I'm going to tell. The Holy Spirit's a teller. <laughs> he's a speaker and he tells. He t- I'll tell you of them, he says. Now, often again, we think out of new things, of outward things. But what the God is, what the Lord is going to reveal to us is new things. You know New things on the inside. He's our maker. Do you know God made us? And he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows who who we are. He knows what he made us for. Better than we even know. And only through him can we really be molded into our best selves. Into all that he has planned for us. Only through him can we have the full potential of who he made us to be, be realized. Through him. So we gotta hear him, right? We gotta hear him. He will bring truth to us, he'll bring revelation, and then he'll bring the power to change. And, and to walk in what he shows us. Because the Spirit of God lives in me, I'm gonna say, God move in me. God inside. And what am I really talking about? I'm talking about personal revival. I'm talking about we can be more. I'm not saying you're backslid. I'm not saying you're, you know, dead. I'm saying we can have more. <laughs> we can have more of God. Amen? Now, I'm going to talk about John, the, uh, John chapter 11. Lazarus. 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 So you, these are real people. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Jesus, the disciples, there are real people with, with differing per- personalities. But what happened on this day changed things for all of them. Um, three times in this story, it makes a statement that Jesus loved them. And, and Jesus loves each of us as individuals. He knows us. He loves his body. And like Lazarus, he will touch us with resurrection power. He can make us brand new. 
Even when we've been born again for a while, he can do some things that will be like, wow, my life just seems like I've been born again again. (laughs) Amen? So let's read the story. John chapter 11, we're going to read most of it. Go through it. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and Martha, and her sister Martha. And it was... That Mary, who anointed Jesus with the fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So by what Jesus said here, he already knew what the outcome was going to be. He already had it in his heart. He said the outcome is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This teaches us that God is not glorified by sickness and disease or our struggles, but he's glorified by our deliverance, our healing, and our salvation. Amen? God is glorified by our victory. Hallelujah. And he provides it for the glory of God. Now, verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister in Lazarus, Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in that place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? So the disciples questioned the wisdom of going where there was some rock chuckers. <laughs> they were going to throw the rocks at you again, Jesus. But Jesus said in verse 9, he said, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not with him. So Jesus heard about his friend whom he loved was sick. And most of us, you know, we would think, oh, i got to get there. I'm Jesus. I know how to heal. I'm going to get there, and I'm going to lay hands on him. He's going to be all right. But what did he do? He waited two days. (laughs) Why did he wait two days? He waited two days because he wanted to hear from the Father what to do. And and so Jesus said, tells them, I am walking in the path that is lit for me. I'm walking in the light of what I know is right, is the right thing to do. I'm doing what the Father has revealed for me to do. See, and when we know what the Father is saying, what the Spirit of God is telling us, then we can walk in a path that's lit. And we know it's going to turn out right. We can have faith then. Amen? Amen? See, even though Jesus knew Lazarus died, he knew that. But he knew it was going to be all right because he knew what was going to happen. So this is this is really important. Hear from God. Hear, and then we don't have to stumble and fall. Amen? So even though there was some confusion about the trip, if Lazarus is asleep, he should get better. In verse 14, then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. (laughs) See, it makes you laugh too. I chuckle every time I read that. And then I think, stupid boys. (laughs) (laughs) they they didn't know (laughs) but I love the fact that the disciples were real people 
You know, they, they lived with Jesus. They, they heard all his sermons. They saw the miracles. They walked with him all that time, and yet they still didn't get it. But then that gives me hope. I've been saved for 40 years, and there's still a lot of things that I don't understand. Still a lot of things that I don't get yet. But you know what? It's not over yet. <laughs> it's not over yet. So there, there's hope. Amen? So... Uh, they arrived in Bethany, and Lazarus has been dead four days. And Martha comes out to meet the Lord and says to him in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Good, huh? Then Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, plain and simple. But Martha says to, to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day, at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may, may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never not die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Good question. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So she answered her quest, his question, yes, I believe. So we have to answer that question. Do you believe? Do you believe God can raise the dead? Do you believe he can heal people? Can you, do you believe he can save your relatives? Do you believe? Jesus is the resurrection in the life. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what he said. Not just the resurrection on the last day, but every day... I will provide resurrection power and life. He that lives and believes, right? Are we living and believing? Amen. He provides power. The almighty power and authority that is in Christ. There's power in the word of God. There's power and authority in the word that whatever is said can come to pass when it's spoken in line with truth. Amen. So the Holy Spirit gives resurrection life. He takes dead things and brings them to life again. And then we, we read in verse 32. Mary says the same thing to Jesus. She comes out and meets him, saw him, fell at his feet and saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So we heard that already. Sisters, they talk a lot. Talk alike. <laughs> Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. So therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, come, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. You know, when people are crying, it's really easy to cry with them. (laughs) So then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who have... who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying. Again, you know, if Jesus would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, I like old King James in this one, he stinketh. <laughs> there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. But Jesus said to her, did not, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And when did he ask that? 
when he asked her, do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? Because I thought, he didn't answer that, ask her that question directly. But when he said, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? He was asking her that. I'm going to show you the glory of God. Amen? So Jesus said, take the stone away. This is not over. So many times in life we think it's over. Something happens, you know, it's over. Too late. Not going to happen. But Jesus answers it with life. See, we need to get past the ifs and the buts. Both Mary and Martha said, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And then the people at the tomb said, see how he loved him? But if he had been here, he opened the eyes of the blind. Surely he could have healed him. They were saying, Jesus, it's too late. God, you're too late. Let me tell you, God's never too late. (laughs) God's never too late. They were saying nothing can be done. But Jesus said, take the stone away. See, see, we we need to get the stone out of the way sometimes. The ifs and the buts. We're going to talk about that a little later. But we're coming to the best part here. And then they took, verse 41, Then they took the stone away from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus just wanted everybody to know what he was doing was the will of the Father. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, very loud. Lazarus! Amen? Lazarus! Come forth! Woo! And he who had died came out, <laughs> bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to, him, to them, Loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, when Lazarus heard the voice of the Lord Jesus, he was dead, but resurrected. He came back into his body, and he walked out. (laughs) He walked out of the grave. Hallelujah. A miracle, right? Do you believe in miracles? Amen. Well, when I was reading this, not that long ago, it just hit me. Lazarus, come forth. And I just kept saying that in my prayer time. Lazarus. Come forth. And and it was that the Lord was saying to me, dead things. Dead things. It was symbolic of the things that the Lord wants to make alive in us. God wants to do some things on the inside of us. He, He wants to change some things. He wants to get some stones out of the way. So Lazarus, come forth. And he will do it. Amen? Say that. Lazarus. Come forth. <laughs> so I was putting this message together, and I had to get up for a potty break. You ever do that? <laughs> You're working, working. Oh, i got to go to the bathroom. So as I was coming out of the bathroom, two words came to me. And I knew it was the Lord because I wasn't even thinking about it right then. He gave me the words uh, dormant and latent, L-A-T-E-N-T, dormant and latent. And he gave me a scripture. So we're gonna, I'm gonna tell you what those means and, and show you the scripture. So this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to resurrect dormant things and latent things in us. Dormant are things that are temporarily inactive or not operating. 
Things that are temporarily inactive are not operating. So it's things that we let die. Sometimes in our lives, we start out on some things that God showed us we should do. But something may happen, or time, or you just don't see it coming to pass, so you let it die. You let it go by the wayside. Well, God wants to raise those things up, because they're his will. All right? The Lord wants to breathe life into them again. Dead things be brought back to life. It's not too late. It's never too late with God. And I'll tell you the scripture in Romans 4.17. You know this scripture? It's talking about Abraham and God. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of the Lord in whom he believed, in whom Abraham believed, in whom I believe, and you believe, amen, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. So God brings life back into things, amen, and calls things into existence that do not exist. So latent means existing, but not yet developed or manifest. There are things that are hidden, undiscovered, or concealed. So latent again means existing, but not yet developed or manifest. Hidden, undiscovered, or concealed. See, God wants to speak life into some things that have been his plan for our lives that have not yet been manifest. Can you believe that? Can you believe God has things that you don't know about yet? (laughs) Things that he's planned for your life and for your ministry to others, for your family, for for your life in, in church, for your life in your job, for who you are. He wants to bring latent things, things that are not yet manifest. He wants new things to come forth in our lives. And, you know, this is where I get excited. (laughs) Because I know the Lord has more for us. I believe, like I said, I believe we have not seen, you know, just even just the tip of the iceberg of what God has planned. God, you know, before Jesus comes again, there is going to be a worldwide revival. And we're going to take part in it. Every, not, not just ministers, but every single person is going to have a part to play in this revival. You're going to have people to win to the Lord, healings, miracles, things that need to be done so that people can see who God is and his great love. And that means he wants to use each of us. And one thing recently I just praying and believing for the you know, praying over the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. I, you know, I don't flow in that many of them, to be honest with you. Prophecy tongues, interpretation of tongues, but there's more. I want, you know, and healing. But I want more of what he's given me, and, and I want more of what he's planned for me. And I think we all should want that. Amen? So God wants to resurrect dormant things and latent things on the inside of us. God's resurrecting power is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. It's the same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. So is that enough power? (laughs) It's enough power. But sometimes we need to roll the stone away, like I was saying. Uh, Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? See, sometimes people have lost hope in certain areas. Something has happened. Sometimes they just let go of things because they didn't see it come to pass before. Some people get stuck in the grave of the past. 
Some people will get stuck in uh, grief, disappointments, and all those things, they hinder our faith. But we need to say, God, I'm ready to get rid of stuff. Even when we don't even know what the hindrance is. We don't always have to know. We were just in a church recently and somebody said to us that there's something hindering me, but I don't know what it is. And instantly I thought, that's just the devil. Because the devil will always tell you there's something. (laughs) But you don't have to know. Right? So some people are afraid of the future too. They're afraid to make changes. I remember years ago when I was first saved, I I didn't really want to be a missionary. (laughs) You know? Well, I was a little little afraid. (laughs) But we, we need to open ourselves up to hear whatever God has to say to us. Whatever he has to say. You know, my husband was talking about eight years ago, we'd been pastoring for 16 years in Myrtle Beach. And... When God started talking to us about going back into full-time missions, he didn't like the idea too well at first. <laughs> he kind of liked pastoring. I knew, God, actually, I think God spoke to me first. But I, when God tells me something, I don't always tell him. I, I just pray. And so he started to hear it, and we started talking about it, and he didn't like the idea that much. But, you know, sometimes what God has for you will be what they call like a paradigm shift. It means a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. Often we think it's this way and it's going to be that way forever. But that's not the way it is with God. He takes you from one place to another sometimes. But you have to hear. To do a new thing, you have to hear a new thing. You have to hear clearly. You don't make decisions on just a whim or just a thought or just because you don't like your job. (laughs) Right? You don't move because unless you really know honestly that it's God. But we have to open our hearts up to say, God, here I am. I want you to speak to me. I want to know what you have for me. I'm open. And that's a big a big deal to be open to hear whatever God wants. Speak, Lord. Speak your word to us. Speak now. Speak now, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. I want to hear it. I want to hear what you have to say. I want, I want to hear because when we hear, then things start to change. Speak, Lord, and create in me what is your design for my life. Now, I see... This raising of of Lazarus as a type and shadow of the church rising up to her full potential. When individuals rise to their potential, it encourages others to rise up. And then it spreads and is the uh, predecessor for revival. Even the end time revival and the catching away of the church and the second coming of our Lord. So it starts with a few often. It starts with a few, and the few are the sparks that light the fires of others. <laughs> now, Romans 8, 18 says, For I, considering the suffering of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. You know, the world, they make fun of us right now. I don't care, but... They're going to know. There is going to be revealing of the sons of God. 
they're going to not be able to, you know, they might poo-poo it, but they're going to know. Amen. And all creation is waiting. See, we are all aware that of how the church in general right now is not at her full potential. There are a lot of people that have written the church off, and I, I don't like that. Personally, I don't like it when people down the church. Amen. I don't like it. They say the church is dead, but you know what? They also say the church has no power. But I, I, I came to tell you, we can't count God out. <laughs> when they say like that, they just say, you know, God can't do nothing. It's too late. That's not the truth. Revival changes hearts, changes the church, and changes the world. And something is happening. And I, I, I want to say it's happening in me. It's happening in me. You choose. Everyone chooses. And it's happened to God's people in, in lots of places. But it's a personal choice. You've got to say, God, I want a revival. I want personal revival. I want you more than anything else. I want to hear your voice better. I believe all over the world, God's people are seeing. They're hearing the voice of the Son of God, and they're hearing like Lazarus come forth. That God will resurrect things in us that are that are dormant and things that have been waiting for this time, things that are latent, things that are not yet, uh, you know, evident. See, the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ and members individual. The whole is the sum total of all its parts, right? We're not, we're just a member, right? I am a part of the whole. You are part of the whole. We can only be and do our part. But what happens when we do our part? Others will want to too. (laughs) I pray that hearts will open up for the power of the Holy Spirit and we will be more and have a greater contribution to the whole. See, when we have more, we can grow. We have more of a supply of the Spirit to add. And and when, when you tell of what happened at your job when someone got healed... Others get excited. Amen? It's catchy. (laughs) So a Lazarus awaking on the inside of us. A personal revival. An awakening that furthers us towards what we're called to be. It's not necessary that the whole church or every church begins with every church. Great revival always begins first in the hearts of a few men and women who God arouses by his spirit. That's what R.A. Torrey said over a hundred years ago. Great revivals, he said this, all great revivals always begin first in the hearts of a few men and women whom God arouses by his spirit to believe in him as the living God. And I read this in Tony Cook's newsletter just a couple of months ago. It was about a, a quote from a man named Gypsy Smith. And I looked him up. He was a, a evangelist that was first a gypsy, so he went by Gypsy Smith. But he had a great ministry, and lots of people were saved. And he said this. He was asked about the secret of a revival, and he said this. Go home, take a piece of chalk, and draw it around yourself. Then pray, Oh, Lord, revive everything inside this circle. <laughs> That's good, huh? <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's up to us. Do you want revival? You can have it. You can have more of God. 
And that's what revival is. It's more of God. I want more of God. I want revival in my own heart. A God inside movement. A Lazarus movement. Dead things coming to life. And new things coming to life. We can have it. Amen? Amen? Are you believing with me? Do you want it? Amen. So I think what we'll do here, I think we should all stand up. Anybody who wants personal revival in your life, stand up. Maybe just come up here too. Let's fill the altar. Should we? Say, God, here I am. Want to move that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Thank you, Lord God. That you desire things to come forth out of us, Lord, that have never yet manifested. And things that are, uh, that we've let go, Lord. You want, you desire to revive them, Lord. To bring new life into our hearts and lives. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just all, everyone, just draw a circle around yourself. Until you see it. Thank you, Lord. Here I am, God. Say, here I am, God. I want you. I want more of you, God. Lazarus. Come forth. Revive in me, Lord. Things that are dormant. Things that are latent. Things that you want to bring to life. Revive them, Lord. Revive me, Lord. Lord, I will seek you with all my heart. I will seek you and I will find you. New life, Lord. New life, God. Do a work in me, God. Do a work in us, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Use your voices. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We believe you, God. We believe you are the resurrection in the life. Say, I believe. You are the resurrection and the life. I will walk with you. You will talk to me. Oh, I will know which way to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The dead shall raise. (laughs) Amen. Say, I am a raiser of the dead. I am a person who brings others to life. I sow salvation wherever I go. The gospel truth comes out my mouth. And people are saved. I lay hands on my, on sick people. And they are healed. There are visible manifestations of the power of God in my ministry. Hallelujah.
Say, I have not, I have not seen nothing yet. There is so much more to come. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, do you believe it? Amen. Amen. So we have revival here. <laughs> Personal revival and a revival in a church where everybody decides. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how to close it. <laughs> Let's just rejoice as we go to our seats. Hallelujah! Glory! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I got, I got a couple of things the Lord Lord brought to me that I, that I believe will help somebody here. We pastored in Indiana for a lot of years before we came out here. We had about 10 years of training before we pioneered our first church. Uh, we got married in 1982. It was called the ministry. In 1992, we got to pioneer a church. And we had a great church, did a great work. We ministered to a lot of people in a lot of areas and Went around the world on TV, did a lot of things out there, and then we we took some hits, and uh, I, I made a tactical error. I stepped out to make a purchase of property too soon, and it really caused a big hit that caused the church to start nosediving. So for a period of a couple of years, the church died, and one day the Lord spoke to me, and then this is for you. He said, "Joy in living, as you know it, is dead." The name for our church was Joy in Living. He said, joy living as you know it is dead. If you try to keep it alive, you'll die too. He said that, but it was really, really, really hard when you've got something that God had you start that had great success to see people leave it every week because there's no spirit moving. We're still the same people, still do what we're supposed to do, but things happen and when you miss God sometimes, He has to back off. Because you walked away from him. He's back here and you're walking up here. And so the church, church died and just there wasn't any anointing there. So it died. But he says, as you know, as you know it is dead. Try to keep it alive. You'll die too. So we tried to keep it alive. So we tried to pastor a dead church for another two or three years. And one day I had a little vision. He said to me, he said, he said, this is like beating a dead horse. How many ever heard that expression like beating a dead horse? I didn't know what that meant. Then all of a sudden, I saw myself sitting on a dead horse going, Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Horse was dead, was going nowhere. And so joy in living, as I know it, died. But now joy in living, how God saw it, lives. He changed the name and he changed the place. It's called High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. This is the same church that we began in 1992, except God moved us to a different location. Now, everything he had planned for us in Indiana has taken place here. We've been here 17 years, and this church went far beyond our biggest dreams out there. 
We're doing so much more than we ever did. But the thing was, the thing was, we, as Liz said, had to be willing to open our hearts for change. How many know that's a drastic change to move 2,000 miles? Come to people we don't know. And in the natural, don't know what's going to happen. But we did what God put in our hearts to do. We left where we were. We gave everything away. We came out here with no car, no house, no income at the church when we came. We got out here, and guess what God did? He resurrected from the inside of us when it died. When He resurrected, He changed the skin colors. Out there, they were all white people. Out here, we got all kinds of different colors on the outside, but it's God. Amen. And so we had to be willing, that paradigm change, we had to be willing to do something different. We still teach the same Word of God how we always taught it. We still operate in the same gifts we always did, except a different place, different people, but still the same God. And so I, I'm saying that to say this. Stand up. Stand up. You know, I don't know about you, but Liz really spoke to me tonight. The Spirit of God did through her. It really, really spoke to me because Mrs. Pastor and I, you know, are a different season of our life right now. And we've got to be open. And so here's, here's what the Lord wants me to say to you. If what I just said, in conjunction with what she said, speaks to you, if you're in a place in life where things that really used to work bad, you was highly anointed, was on TV twice a week. I ministered to the judges, to the sheriff, to the mayor, police chief. Everybody knew who our church was. Everybody knew who I was. I couldn't go out in public to restaurants or places without people coming up to me to want to talk to me because they kind of saw me like the pastor of the town or something because I had great influence. Those days ended. And so now here we are. And so if, if you're a place in your life where what's going on, what's going on, this is not working, this is not working, I'll tell you what, God didn't change. And the dreams He gave you didn't change. What He's called you to do didn't change. But maybe something else has changed, and you've got to be willing to quit beating the dead horse and find out what's alive and what to do. And so, you know, Liz, Dana, this Pastor, come up here. And so if, if, if you know there's something going on and you've got to be willing to change, you want some fresh anointing, we want to lay hands on you because these guys have been through so many dying in life and you don't want to know what all they've been through. But guess what? They're alive. They're doing what God wants. And you don't know what it's like to die to what I did my last year in ministry there at 13 funerals. My closest friend in the ministry did his funeral at 42 years old, left behind five kids. That hurts when you see things die and then people start dying in the natural. That, that, that just hurts. But... We know who we are. We know who lives in us. We know he's got big plans in us that he wants to bring to pass. But for you, you've had dreams. You've had vision. You've had things God wants you to do. And it's time to get some resurrection going. Amen. 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 And so if you want hands laid on you, then come up here. We want to lay hands on you. And there's going to be fresh anointing. There'll be some things to ignite that revival spirit on the inside of you. And God's going to resurrect some things in you. But you've got to be willing to do what he puts in your heart to do. Amen.
Well, what we're going to do, Mrs. Pastor and I are going to start this end out here. We're going to come up and work our way to the middle and pray for you. And they're going to come and pray for you. And we're Holy Ghost people. If the Lord gives us a word to speak over you, we're going to speak it. If He doesn't give us anything, we're going to bless you. But just always remember this. The anointing of God doesn't go by feeling. It goes by faith. We lay hands on you. Your whole thing's got to be before we get to you. You've got to be in your heart. If you want to whisper words out of your mouth to the Lord, say, Lord, I believe in Jesus' name. When these holy men and women of God lay hands on us, you're going to flow through them. And whatever it is you've got to have for your breakthrough, for your revival, to see what it is you've got to do and the grace you need, the grace you need, the help from God you need. It took grace to leave Indiana, come out here and leave everything. It took grace to go to Siberia, the Paul, and the places they've been. And for you, you know better than we are, it'll take grace to do it too. If God's, if God's put things in your heart to do, and you know you've got to do it, then you do it by faith, shake it on the outside, faith on the inside, knowing you're going to follow God. We were resurrected from Indiana to come alive in California. Do you see the results? <clears throat> this is the results of somebody that died that came out here and lived again and multiplied. And God wants to use you to multiply. And so as we come through, just thank Him that His anointing, His grace, things are being imparted and you're going to be able to do what He shows you to do in life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Be ready to receive.
to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) I I tell you what I personally believe. I personally believe fresh revival is flowing through me. I believe there's a change in my life because I receive, I receive off the woman of God that spoke into my life tonight. And I want revival. I've received revival. I'm going to walk in newness. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We'll take up the offering, so we won't we won't continue on. But I just want to tell you the things you heard tonight. It takes the God part and your part. These things come to pass. Uh, one last thing. Back that season, I was in back in Indiana. The Lord showed me another thing one day. I don't go around having visions all the time, but sometimes He gives me a few. But I, I laid down, take a little nap one afternoon. Our church was going through rough times, and I was driving a truck in between services. Things take care of my family and so i was driving a truck i always drove big trucks the big 18 wheelers you know the ones that scare you i was a nice truck driver i didn't scare you on purpose <laughs> but anyway i laid down to take a nap and i was going down an interstate behind another truck in front of me and you know when you drive down the interstate you got exit ramps you get off highway 58 you get off main street all the exit ramps i was behind the guy and uh Back there, we didn't have desert. We had grass. There was grass everywhere off the road. I was behind this truck, and all of a sudden, he ran off the road and just started driving, and he was driving into grass, but it turned into a road. It was turned into roads he drove. He hit everything he was coming into was grass, but then turned into a highway in front of him. And I knew immediately what the Lord told me. He said, well, I, what I had to do, I couldn't see it. But if I started walking it, get manifest in front of me. So there was a very, very serious change I had to do in our life right then that financially could have absolutely destroyed us. I walked away from that truck driving job with no income. I said, okay, Jesus, I'm supposed to be a minister of the gospel, and that's what we're going to do. Within two months, I landed in Barstow, California. I was hanging on to that acre of security, that truck driver's paycheck to try to finance what God had for me to do. And God had something for me to do. And if I held on to the truck, I couldn't do it. And so in no way, shape, or form, nobody go out and quit your job. Don't quit your job. I was called to be a full-time minister of the gospel, and I was hanging on to something else to try to do what God wanted done. And so until I let loose of that security there, he couldn't send me here. And so I want to say it again. Sometimes we do think because somebody else did something. What I'm saying is this. If there's a step God showed your life to do next, whatever it is, you've got to take the step. Whatever the step is you've got to do to get to your next place. If God, and God's not going to show you something stupid. Destroy your family. Destroy you. Whatever God has to do, it's going to be something you know in your heart is God. And if you're married, you're made alone too. That's how it works. My wife was so happy I walked away from that secure paycheck because she knew as a woman of God we had to get back in the flow. And so we did it. So anyway, i just leave that with you. We're going to receive their offering. But just know this. If God shows you something to do, you just do it. And then you do it. That's when the blessing comes. Amen? Amen, amen. Okay, if you need an envelope for an offering for the Niles, then uh, hold up your hand. They'll give you an offering. And... Uh,
I don't know all the online stuff that Pastor Dave, Pastor Katie knows, but just uh, find some www something about My Dear's Word Center. Market free speech. Oh, mark market guest speaker. <laughs> hey, we still we still do King James Bible. We still keep a checking ledger. We still write checks. Okay. But if you do something different, you want to give market free speech. Guest speaker. Okay. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> But you know what's so great about this? What, 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 what this couple did right here, they do around the world. I think it's so precious that right now, every week, he's teaching believers in Vietnam from his house every week. And as he's teaching them what we know here, can you imagine being in communist Vietnam, getting to learn how to speak the mountains, tell them to be removed? Get out, take authority over things in that country and see things happen. Well, they do that everywhere they go. And so I'm so grateful we get some of that blessing in here for a while. But just know this. As we're blessing them, we're blessing Jesus. And we're the, we're the hands of Jesus for financial support to people like this here. And it goes on and on and on. And you know what's so neat about that? I saw a picture this morning. My wife, I put on my dresser of me, myself and people with me in Kiev, Ukraine with about 200 leaders behind us and I got to teach faith for two weeks in Kiev, Ukraine. I saw all those leaders there and I said, you know what? Those people there that we influenced with Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland books and things that many years ago those people are there right now probably saving a lot of lives and leaving a lot of people to Jesus there. They're probably super faith people doing what we do and they're probably some of those who say on the news say, we're not leaving. We're staying. This is our country. The devil's not having it. But I'm so grateful to be a part of things like it, aren't you? Hey, man, what well, if you got your offerings ready, then stand up and we'll hold them up to the Lord. Then we'll bring them up through the offering buckets. You can stand up. You guys don't have to. You don't want to. You can't do that, too. Totally up to you. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Well, hold your offering up to the Lord. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that, Lord, I know that lots of lives were changed here. I know that people watch this online. I know that anointed God came into their houses. It always does. The Word of God spoke to their hearts. And, Father, as we sow into into the earth ministry, I want to thank you, Lord, that we know it's good ground. It's going to help them do so much more, not only take care of themselves, but, Lord, all the ministries they sow into again, all the ones they help. And, Lord, for us on this end, Lord, we're believers. And you said when we give, it's given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, thank you that we're always going to be a sowing people. I have more than enough. And a harvesting people have more than enough. Because, Lord, we're sold out to you. And we want to share the gospel everywhere we go. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, let's close out with the Barstow Faith Confession tonight. If you could get that up on the screen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday.